What is up, everybody? I've got a little bonus content here for you, a little bonus episode, actually. I recently completed a three-round, 12-team points league mock draft with Nate Grudneblik over at Apples and Genos. We do a podcast there on Sunday nights. You got to check that out. And I figured, why don't we just flip that over here and bring the value and savings to you, okay? So, you know, this is uh, the Apples and Genos episode, so Nate will be hosting this, but uh, we're also just collaborating on this and putting it on Fantasy NHL today as well. So, you know, we got to do it. We got to get the biz. You're listening to Fantasy NHL today. Hello, everybody, and welcome in to the Apples and Genos Fantasy Hockey Podcast. My name is Nate Kruitniblik, and I will be your host. And, of course, I have your friend in mind, Blake Creever, with me. Blake, how are we feeling on this fine Sunday evening? Best friends. Best friends. You forgot to say best friend, Nate. All right. Now, oh. I'll, I'll let it slide this time, but next time, you know, come I on. I keep forgetting to edit the show notes somehow. Yeah, usually. exactly. Yeah, we got to get that in there. <laughs> um, but that's fine. Yeah, no, I'm doing well. Um, I always look forward to the Sunday nights and getting the biz with you. So that's nice. Um, yeah, this is going to be a fun episode. Yeah, I'm riding a high currently myself off the Leafs OT win last night, up 2-1 in the series. They totally deserve to win that game. Don't at me about that. <laughs> uh, so uh, feeling good about that. Uh, obviously, you're going to be super nervous again for Monday night. My wife joined me for overtime and just did a puzzle, like never once looked at the screen. She's like, I can't look at the screen, but I'll be here with you in spirit. Oh, and man, then, that's uh, rough. That's so wife, isn't it? Just read a yeah. book while they've got overtime going on. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she says she can't actually watch it with because she'll get too invested herself and then okay, she'll uh, that's nice. feel the pain of, of Leaf Nation year after year. But exactly. Uh, yeah, there may have been some uh, leaping off the couch and chest pounding, strutting around the basement that happened when that goal went in last night. Hell yes. And how about uh, Ryan O'Reilly too? What a beast he's been. Oh, like this is why this is why he's there. Right. This guy's incredible. Um, so, yeah, I'm stoked for the Leafs, too. I, it's rough, man. Six first round exits. Like, I feel pain yeah. as a hockey fan being like, you know, how? Like, I, I remember I always liken it to the Canucks, how they failed so many times before 2011. And they almost failed again in the first round against Chicago that year. And it, right. that's I, I feel like the Leafs are probably going to go to game seven. And this is going to be gross. But I think they're going to yep. come out on top. And I think they're going to cruise after that. I'm really hoping for for some Leafs wins here. Yeah, it's not like they'd have to face like a Boston or anybody like that afterwards. Oh my God. Everybody's injured. It's fine. (laughs) All right. Well, we are going to do a uh, preamble, I guess you would call it. We have retired two truths and a lie for the season at this point. It was a great regular season bit, and I'm not opposed to bringing it back. But for the offseason here, we're going in a different route. We're going to be asking each other a question each week. And this week's question has nothing to do with fantasy hockey. It is, what would you sing at karaoke night? And that's and you're throwing that to me. Okay. I am. Um, yeah. yeah, karaoke I night. Have First it. off, do you, have you been to karaoke night, Nate? Do you do you, do, do you partake? You Oh, dang. Okay. Well, I like that. Um, yeah, I've been to a few karaoke nights. Such a good time. Uh, but my go-to always is Spando Ballet True. Book it! 
you, you know what I'm talking about, Nate. Oh yeah. There you go. Love yeah. it. Absolutely love to hear it. Yeah, for myself, uh, I haven't broken this one out yet, but I have been, you know, workshopping it in the car on the way home from work a few times and uh, looking forward to this summer when I might have a chance to break it out. Such I a perfectionist. Yes, of course. In all things here at Apples and Geno's Fantasy Hockey, including our karaoke song choices. Uh, but I've been thinking about breaking out the old uh, Bye 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 from NSYNC. Oh, come on. Uh, Going back to my early days, I honestly, my my older sister was super into NSYNC and Backstreet Boys. Sure, sure, their, sure, Nate, sure. Okay. Yeah, during their era, it was totally her and not me at all. I was not interested, but, you know, I heard the songs a lot. So now I have them stuck in my brain indelibly for the rest of time. So I might as well break them out at karaoke night, you know, get the bye-bye-bye, the hand signal in there. Oh, yeah learn a couple dance moves maybe to break out at the in the chorus or whatever but uh yeah that's that's the plan if i make it out to karaoke night again after having another baby this past year (laughs) buddy that's what karaoke is for you got it to me karaoke you have to sing the silliest song that you can imagine and that's what makes it so fun it's you don't go up i mean some people like to go up and really have a you know like have a go and, you know, put their best self forward, but you're probably, you know, a few drinks deep, right? Like get the right. silliest freaking song you can and get up there and just get the biz. Exactly. You know? So yeah, I'm with you, man. I would love, I, I, I might pay, you know, a cover charge to see that. All right. That's, that sounds nice. <laughs> you give us a little preview, Nate. What do you got? Nothing? No, I'm not save it. He's workshopping it. He's workshopping yeah, it. I'm, I'm still, it's still in progress. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Anyway, we should get on to our main event here tonight, and that is a way too early 2023-24 mock draft. I'm pretty excited about this. We've kind of thrown together a little Google Sheet, which I'm going to put up on the screen for those of you on YouTube. If you want the full experience, I do think you should probably check us out on YouTube. You can obviously just kind of go to YouTube and type in Apples and Genos, and you'll find it pretty quick. But... That'll be the easiest way, obviously, to follow along. If you're following along on audio, we'll do our best to recap as we go and keep you apprised of everything. But if this is one episode that you may want to check out the YouTube for, I'd say this is probably that one. So a little bit of context for what we're going to do here. We're going to assume a 12-team head-to-head points league. I'm going to be using the Kakupful scoring for this, and I'll run through that real quick. For the listeners, I've got it on screen here for anybody on YouTube. But a goal is worth 4.5 points. An assist is worth 3. A shot on goal is worth 0.5. A block is worth 0.5. A hit is worth 0.25. For whatever it's worth, a shorthanded point is worth 1. And then for goalies, wins are worth 2. Saves 0.3. A goal against is minus 1.5. And a shutout is worth 2. So... I think that pretty much sums up what we're going to be doing here. We're just going to kind of trade off picks. Blake's going to go first. I'm going to go second. Blake's going to go third. I'm going to go fourth, so on and so forth. We are going to kind of treat these as teams. So we're going to do three rounds here at the top, and we'll treat this each draft slot as its own team. So, you know, we won't draft three centers to the same team here. We'll assume kind of a Yahoo standard kind of thing, two centers, two left wing, two right wing, 4D, maybe a util spot. Uh, probably doesn't matter for the purposes of a three-round mock draft like this but um that's kind of the idea of what we're gonna get at here blake why don't you kick us off i have no idea who you might be taking with the first pick in this mock draft 
That's a mystery. Um, actually, you know, I've I have had bad luck with first round uh, or first overall picks before. Um, I remember um, the first year that uh, Nathan McKinnon was really kind of in the the top two discussion. I took McKinnon first overall, uh, just trying to be cute. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and then McKinnon got injured during the season. McDavid did McDavid things, and that was really bad. And then we did a a playoff pool that same year, actually, and even before that, I would have won the pool if I would have chosen McDavid. Uh, I, I would play second ah. in that pool. So there you go. Lost on that. And then in the playoff pool, I had first pick again, and I took McDavid. And then the Colorado Avalanche won. What the? Oh, <laughs> it was terrible. So I think you got first overall pick. You got to take Connor McD. No question. He's the best player in the world. It's, it's a no-brainer. Come on. Let's get the biz. Absolutely. I don't think there is another option, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, Connor McDavid, tier of his own. What else can you say about the guy that hasn't already been said? Now, for me, there is kind of a, a multiplayer tier behind him. Uh, there are, honestly, I don't think you can really go wrong uh, with the next number of picks. I won't uh, detail who those all are, just in case uh, that makes Blake snipe me here. But uh, <laughs> you can see if you're watching along on YouTube that the fantasy points per game in this setup from last year, McDavid 9.44, McKinnon 8.61, and number three, Pasternak at 8.18, and then Dreisaitl 7.78 were the top four. So you can kind of see the... Uh, decrease along the way you can see McKinnon actually like kind of distanced himself from the group here I was kind of looking a little bit earlier today into um, just what I thought about you know the sustainability of those numbers whether I thought it was potentially um, something that he could keep up I don't see a lot that I'm too worried about he did skate a little more ice time this year than he has in years past so that is something um to consider, I guess, but not anything that I'm too crazily worried about. The distance here between him and the next player makes me think that he's probably the safest floor. And so I am actually going to go Nathan McKinnon here for the second pick. Book it! Oh my God, Nate Mack. Yeah, this this second tier is interesting um, for sure because uh, there's just so many good guys. And, you know, when you're doing a mock draft, this close to the end of the season like you're basically chasing performances it feels like you know what i mean like so many things can happen so but i mean mckinnon is on beast mode here in the playoffs too like just just going off i think he's gonna have a beauty playoffs great pick um third is very interesting because yeah i um yeah that's right we don't want to snipe each other here all right i gotta i think um i'm gonna go with your boy, Austin Matthews. I think that's the pick here. I picked him second overall um, in a bunch of spots this last season, and it hurt me a lot. I feel like he's going to come back fully healthy. Like, he had injuries all season. You know, his mm-hmm. uh, he had his hand injury and whatever else. And not to mention, like, his shooting percentage was way down. You know, his shots were still elite. Uh, he hit more. He blocked more, right, which was pissing people off because he wasn't scoring as much, right? <laughs> but I think the season we thought Matthews was going to have last season, he'll have this one coming up. So I like Austin Matthews. I like him for 60 goals again. Um, I think that's the pick, and I'm happy about it. Sucks leaving Lee, uh, Uncle Leon on the, the wire there, but we got to do it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a fair pick definitely in this tier for me. Um, we 
you can see he was ranked sixth in fantasy points per game in this particular setup last year, and we're all pretty much assuming that that's kind of the floor uh, for Austin Matthews based on the shooting percentage, on ice shooting percentage. A lot of things for Matthews were basically not as good as they could have been, and he still comes up sixth overall in fantasy points per game. So definitely think that's fair. I am going to go Leon Dreisaitl for this pick here. Uh, a little bit thinking that Pasternak probably had his highest yep. um, um, kind of variant season, I guess you would say, this past season. Definitely a player that I value very highly, but also I think that Dreisaitl has just kind of proven himself at this point. He's been in this tier year after year uh, for multiple years at this point. He plays. He also has the center left wing eligibility, which is a little bit of nice uh, dual eligibility. That's hard to find at the top uh, in mm-hmm. the first round like this. So, dry settles the pick. I think he's about as safe as anybody in this kind of tier here. Oh, I love that. Yeah, just gets very interesting here. Um, yeah, let me see. What, what am I going to take here? I like pasta. I, pasta was was it was ridiculous how late he was being drafted uh, in draft season. There, you, people were getting him in the second round. This guy was like third overall. Yeah. Um, to me though, yeah, like you said, I think he was redlining. I mean, or that's, that's pretty much his ceiling. He might have a bit more, but, um, yeah, you know, with that said, I think I got to go a little safer here and I really like Kucherov. I think Nikita Kucherov is going to be my guy here at five. I like the power play points there. I think he was, uh, let me see. I think he was fourth or fifth in the league and yeah, fourth in the league in power play points. Like that's not going away, right? Braden point back to normal. Um, you know, Stamkos, the, that team, yeah, they limped into the playoffs, not looking too good, but I mean, he played a full season too. I love that. So I think Kucherov is going to be good. Um, I'm really kind of targeting the power play points here at this point. Yep. Yeah, I think that's fair pick there. Obviously if you're just kind of looking between him and Pasternak, um, Nick Kucherov's probably a lock to score 110 to 120 points uh, most seasons. And this year, it just kind of so happened that he scored a lot more assists than goals. Like the shooting percentage was a bit down from where it's normally been in the past. Pretty confident that this time next year, he could... um, we could be looking back and he could have had like a 50 goal season if he just went off in the other direction next year. So I uh, definitely think that um, Kucherov for me actually is a tier back uh, from Pasternak, who is who I'm going to take here at this spot, uh, number six. Uh, but I can't really fault the pick at this point. You're taking a 110 to 120 point player in Kucherov and you're just walking that to the bank. Pasternak, obviously there in Boston, you wonder about Marshawn Bergeron, what happens with those guys. If mm-hmm. you're seeing some regression there, if Krejci comes back another year, all these kind of things working together to potentially give Pasternak some kind of uh, floor beyond obviously previous seasons. So that is a consideration for me though. I think Pasternak, uh, if you look at the underlying numbers, uh, just completely elite this season. Didn't really need anybody else there to do it. First in shots per 60, first in individual Corsi 4 per 60, fifth in yeah. individual scoring chances 4 per 60. I just don't have that many uh, problems with Pasternak. I think he's as likely as just about anybody to score 50-plus again next year. So Pasternak at number six for me. I'm just going to recap this first half of the first round for everybody. So we have McDavid followed by McKinnon, Matthews, Dreisaitl, Kucherov, and Pasternak. And now back to you, Blake, at number seven. 
Yeah. Uh, no, I, I agree with all that stuff. Um, pasta to me, I, I, I just worry about the situation there in Boston a little bit, you know, just, yeah, with Bergeron likely retiring, Krejci probably gone. Right. Um, you know, but we worried about Bruins this year and look what happened, right. They've, they've got an insane right. amount of depth. Are they going to sign these guys though? I don't know. Like Bertuzzi, I think is UFA. Right. And I don't even know, but yeah. He's amazing. He's an advanced stats beauty. Um, I think I'm, I'm still going safe. One of my things I like to do in the, you know, these first three rounds, I'm going to be picking safe. I'm going to be picking guys with a, with a floor that I'm happy with. So uh, with that in mind, I think I'm going to take Rantanen. Got to take Ranto. Um, this guy had a beauty year and he's, he's I think he's, he's 26. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. 55 goals, 50 assists. What the hell? Um, you know, shooting percentage it was the highest of his career, but his, he upped his shots. His ice times have seen. They do that in Colorado. I mean, you know, unless he gets injured, this, this guy's money in the bank. Yep. I think that's a fair pick, obviously, as well. Do have him a tear back from a few guys here that I still like above him. Um, but obviously, Rantanen, about as safe as it gets. To me, Rantanen, a little bit. Uh, the reason I guess I would say I had him a tear back was just because some of the, um, like the shooting percentage being 17.9% this year, I think that's a little high. Don't expect that to happen again next year. So maybe that drops him back more into the middle of this pack that you see in terms of the fantasy points per game. And I think there's some others who could stay up here or maybe even push a little higher. So that's it for me. Um, the rest, I really have no no qualms with. And oh yeah, the one other thing, I was going to say about Ranton in 20 over 22 minutes per game uh, this year, which I'm not sure if I don't, I don't think that's what they want to see at the, when they count up the stats at the end of the year in Colorado, they'll do it because they felt like they kind of had to. They obviously dealt with tons of injuries. They had to ride their top guys a little bit more than they ever did before. I think so. That, those are just the two concerns, really, with Rantanen to keep him out of this spot for me personally. Um, definitely still a very safe pick anywhere in the back half of the first round, though. So for myself here, I am going to take Matthew to Chuck. Um, I was kind of surprised, quite Ooh. honestly, when I looked at the numbers on to Chuck. I thought, you know, for the season he had, I figured he probably had to have some kind of um, just unsustainable numbers in here but really the one thing that came up for him was the time on ice in florida and i don't really see a reason to think that he's not going to get that same time on ice next year Um, they obviously traded away a ton to get him they're all in with this guy um we'll see what they do coaching wise uh in the off season if they get bounced by um boston here with boston up 3-1 at the after today's win but Overall, I just kind of feel like what we saw this year is probably what we should expect. Like 12.4% shooting percentage, not near the best of his career. Uh, in terms of like the Corsi 4 numbers, like best in the NHL type numbers. Yep. In terms of the on-ice numbers, uh, he was actually first in the NHL in Corsi 4 per 60 and scoring chances 4 per 60. That doesn't happen by accident. Ninth in shots per 60, seventh in individual scoring chances 4 per 60, doing that at 20 and a half minutes per night. Um, yeah, just all those things added up together. I actually do believe in Matthew Tuchuk, which is not something I thought I'd be saying at this point, but I kind of do. And so Tuchuk is my pick at number eight. What a dingus. See what he was doing <laughs> to Allmark today? Come on. Oh, it, yeah. 
What a, oh, come on. Uh, yeah, great pick. The guy, I, I don't know. I, I feel good about him there. Um, and they, uh, Florida underachieved massively, um, I think, are yeah. some of their players, right? So if some of those guys can pull up their socks, then does Matthew Kachuk hit better? Does he have a higher ceiling even than what he did here? Maybe. Yep. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Uh, with this, uh, the ninth pick overall, I'm going to go with Jack Hughes. All right. This is a player I loved obviously this year and I didn't get him anywhere. I didn't get him in the draft. Like he was, he was ridiculously, his ADP was like 94, I think at one point on Yahoo later on, it was like 70, but still like he gave first round value, I think. And, um, yeah, I think I think he's he's clearly a first rounder this season. Um, to me, I think he has further to go. Like his shots jumped from last year three point four per game to four point three this year. Obviously, power play went he went off, and his minutes kind of stayed the same. I think there's there's you know like let's get him over twenty minutes. He was just under twenty minutes, but um, yeah, with the players they have there, I mean we'll, we'll see what they do in the off season. But Dougie Hamilton coming to play this season I, I like what they're doing in new jersey and they just generate a ton of chances and this guy's you know he's the head of the beast so i'm liking yeah. me some jack hughes i think you know he's good for for over 100 points next season yeah stays healthy i don't have i don't have any problem with that really um obviously 104 point pace this season so um anybody that's rating for over 100 points you feel pretty confident about in the first round here do have a couple guys i still like over hughes but um Kind of like what I said with Ranton in, in the back end of the first. A lot of these guys are fair game. I am going to go to defense here and make the first. Oh, I knew you were going to do this. It is going to be Kale McCarr. Um, I think the reports of Kale McCarr's demise have been widely exaggerated. And uh, if you look at his pro-rated numbers, <laughs> was on pace for 23 goals and 90 points this season, and yet somehow everybody thinks that he was a terrible pick in fantasy this past year. I think he's every bit worthy of a first-round pick here, especially in the back end of the first. Uh, honestly, I'm pretty excited about where Kale McCarr is going to end up in drafts next year. I feel like his average draft position is probably mm-hmm. going to slip into the second, maybe even the late second, and I'll be all over that kind of ADP if that does happen. So I think Kale McCarr is the safest defenseman you can possibly uh, make a selection on in terms of the point scoring this year. Played an obscene amount of minutes, over 26 minutes a night, and just ate that up. 8th in individual scoring chances, 4 per 60. 8th in individual Corsi, 4 per 60. 12th in Corsi, 4 per 60. 19th in scoring chances, 4 per 60. For him to do that while skating 26 minutes a night where you know he's skating with literally everybody on the Colorado Avalanche, even in the fourth line. Um, Really impressive stuff in my mind. So I'm about it. I'm about Kiel McCarr here. I think he's every bit worthy of a first-round selection in your drafts next year. Yeah, absolutely agree. I I was leaving him a little bit just to see what you'd do. I was probably going to pick him with my next pick. So, um, yeah, kudos to you. I knew you couldn't leave well enough alone. All right. (laughs) Um, Okay, so what am I going to do here? Uh, I think what I want to do is take my boy Kirill the Thrill Kaprasov, get him in your life. Um, you know, this guy was getting drafted in the early first round uh, or mid, mid first round last season. Uh, and I think, you know, just with his injury and he had a bit of a cold spell, you know, going into the playoffs here, just with his injury, I think he's going to be at value. I think 11 is value for Krill. I think he's probably closer to mid first round value, in my opinion. Um, 
and I think you you could probably get him here. You could I probably could have waited on Kaprasov honestly for maybe another three or four picks, but um, I like him here. You got to go get your guy sometimes. I think he's gonna have a big year. I think fifty goals is very reasonable for him next season and his deployment. He's getting a ton of deployment, um, and I love that as you know. So yeah, there you go. I love that pick. That's who I was going to take if you didn't. So I think that's right on the money. Finally. Uh, Kaprizov, finally. <laughs> an underrated season, actually. I think probably just due to the injury. Um, was on pace for 49 goals. All the advanced stats look great, as you'd expect. I think it'll probably only get better next year as Boldy has kind of matured into his own um, superstardom, yeah, yeah. if you can call it that already. Um so I really think that as they do that, as they hopefully mature a true number one center to play with them, that that should improve things. I think Kaprizov is every bit worthy of this pick. And actually, I would have him one spot ahead of Hughes personally. So uh, take that for what it's worth. Well, there you At go. Number 12 here, I am going to take Jason Robertson off the board. Uh, Robertson obviously had a massive start to the season and then cooled off uh, he was yep. obviously still terrific the entire season but definitely not the uh to the extent of the early season numbers that he put up still on the season eighth in shots per 60 22nd in individual scoring chances four per 60 12th in Corsi four per 60 14th in scoring chances four per 60 um yeah i don't see much to be concerned about he did all this put up a 109 point pace and really, I don't think there's anything too crazy with the underlying stats, the IPP shooting percentage, on ice shooting percentage. Nothing, nothing there like truly stands out as there's no way that happens again. Um, might be a touch high, but uh, we're talking a matter of like five points difference, not a matter of like 20 points difference. So yep. nothing there that's too crazy. The one thing that I do really like about Robertson here is that he didn't even skate 19 minutes a night. So this honestly feels like a really good spot where he could even potentially have a opportunity related ceiling beyond this. Um, and that wouldn't be shocking. And of course, this is kind of the first, this is the real breakout season. So yep. who's not to say that he doesn't take another step next year. It's probably just as likely that he takes a slight step back next year as he takes another step forward. But I feel like the floor here um, is like a second round players production. And the ceiling is that he's actually better than a number of these guys we've taken in the back half. Yeah. yeah it could outperform round, him. So. Yeah. Love that. So let me recap the first round here real quick. We had first overall, obviously, Connor McDavid. Number two, Nathan McKinnon. Number three, Austin Matthews. Number four, Leon Dreisaitl. Number five, Nikita Kucherov. Number six, David Pasternak. Number seven, Mikko Rantanen. Number eight, Matthew Tichuk. Number nine, Jack Hughes. Number 10, Kale McCarr. Number 11, Kirill Kaprizov. Number 12, Jason Robertson. So we are going to take this as a snake draft, as it would be in your normal drafts, so that we're kind of drafting for these draft slots um, true to real life, I guess you could say. So I'll be taking from the 12 slot with the 13th overall pick, the next player here. And for myself personally, even though, I don't know if I really want to do this, I might go to just default to my next guy. It's it's a toss-up for me here between Tage Thompson and Brady Tichuk. I think a lot of people are probably going to have Tage Thompson lower than this. Uh, but, you know, if you're the person on the clock here with the 13th overall pick, you know your, Tage Thompson is not coming back yeah. to you all the way at number 36. So you're really deciding how much you believe in it yourself. Brady Tichuk is probably the safer player. We've seen a uh, big-time floor from him in terms of what he can do. And obviously the team got a lot better in his 
his uh, numbers came up along with that. I think that's obviously bankable, but at the same time, now you're looking at Robertson uh, left wing and then Tichuk being left wing only. So that's where the positional eligibility starts to factor in. I do kind of have these players in the same tier, so I think I am going to actually go with Tage Thompson just for that center. Ah, come on. What eligibility. And uh, I'll lock in Tage Thompson as the 13th pick here. What are you doing? What are you doing? Ah, come on, man. But... All right, that's fine. Those are my two guys too. And now I, uh, you know, I agree with everything you said there. Um, Kachuk, yeah, I was. He, he's just a beast. He's just, a, and especially in category leagues, like the guy's a machine. But the reason he's ranked so high is because you know the the waiting for blocks and or for for hits and shots and like he's he's just a beast. Um, so that said, like I've got Kirill there, who's a left winger on this team, and I don't really want to do two left wingers right off the bat. So. Uh, you know what? I'm going to take, instead of Kachuk, I'm going to go with my boy, Timmy Stutes. All right. All this right. man, I I love Timmy Stutes. And I'm not just picking him off the list here because he's next down. This is a guy I'm targeting, you know, and I, you know, I'll put it out there for everybody to hear. All right. I'm targeting Timmy Stutes. I think this man is going to break the hell out. Um, great season he had. Um You know, and I love the minutes. Like um that, that's what I love about him. His, just his play on the ice, he's so talented, and that team underachieved big time, right, in, ter- in terms of their performance on the ice. I think there's a little bit of tweaking there. They've got Jacob uh, Chikrin in there now, kind of stabilize things. they got to figure out their goalie situation, but to me, I like Timmy Stutes. I think he's going to you know, have a better season even than he had this past one here. So I'm taking my boy for the center left-wing eligibility. All right, so that's one that I would probably take issue with myself personally. I don't have Stutzla in the next number of picks for myself. A um, couple good of reasons. For, good for, for me. All right. Thank yeah, a couple of reasons for that. Uh, the 21 minutes and 15 seconds average time on ice, I don't think that repeats next year. They literally had no one else behind him. That Shane Pinto is a second-line center most of the year in Ottawa. Next year, Josh Norris comes back probably takes a little bit of heat off Stutzla for that. Still think he's probably over 20 minutes next year, but 21-15 I don't think ever happens again. Um, that's just my personal take at this point, um, but uh, that's just how I'm going to play it, how I foresee playing it, how I foresee projecting it. So that's my take on that. The IPP probably okay at 73%, maybe a little high. Did take a little bit of a step in shots per 60, but it's still, it's 8.25 shots per 60 that he registered. That's nowhere near like the 10 shots per 60, obviously, that I talk about a lot. The individual scoring chances for per 60 at 9.98 is pretty good, so I'm happy with that. But he definitely kind of got there a little bit um, in terms of volume and in terms of a 17.1% shooting percentage, which I'm not convinced. Uh, One thing Mm. that I do try to use to kind of determine especially for players like this where you don't have a huge sample or you have like a a sample where they're still ascending and figuring out what they can do in the league and they just had a breakout and you're like okay how do i weigh this breakout you know there's a outlier shooting percentage here where the year before was 12.4 percent now he's got 17.1 percent which one is closer to the truth one thing I do look at is the ratio of shots per 60 to individual scoring chances for per 60 to determine, you know, if if he's getting a ton of high danger chances, then it feels uh, more likely that he can sustain a higher shooting percentage, right? It's a little bit of a, I don't know, it's a little bit of a narrative-based uh, kind of thing. I haven't really done the statistical analysis on that, but um, that's one no, thing I like that, that I do that makes look sense. at. 
that's one thing that I do look at, and really that didn't change from year two to year three. It's just both the shots per 60 and individual scoring chances for per 60 came up. I think that honestly could probably be attributed to just playing with better line mates a lot uh, this past season. So overall, I think that his shooting percentage is probably going to regress. I'm not sure exactly how much, but uh, in this spot early in the second, I just probably wouldn't take that bet personally. So that's why I wouldn't take Stutzler so, here. Come on, what are you I'm not sure exactly where I would take him, uh, but that's my personal take and why I would disagree with the pick there. Let's keep going. That's hurtful. A, that's hurtful. Very hurtful I'm, to I'm me sorry, and Timmy Stutz. Sorry right, to, that's fine. I'm sorry to do it to you. Uh, right here, took Kale McCarr with the first pick for this team at, out of the 10 slot, so obviously Brady to Chuck fits, and that will be the pick for this team. I think we've already kind of touched on why to Chuck fits here. Um, yeah, finally got some teammates around him who can play. And what do you know? He's an elite fantasy asset now. So to Chuck fits in really well there for the 10 slot team at the two Oh three. Love that. All right. Um, yeah, I think it's time. I'd probably be getting a little squirrely seeing Roman Yossi sit out there after being injured for the last uh, little bit of the season. I think he's going to bounce back. Just All he needs to do is play his regular amount of games, and I think we're looking at the pretty consistent player that we know and love. So I'm going to take Roman Yossi there uh, to play alongside with Jack Hughes and my team. Yep, Yossi was the next player up for me as well. I, I knew it. that he's just going to be consistent, man. Like This is what he's always yep. done. Uh, I see lock. no reason to to fade him from this spot. Uh, was actually the top defenseman in fantasy points per game in this format, a little bit due to the kind of outlandish blocks numbers that he put up this year, um, and that kind of benefiting him a little more than some other categories in this format, but definitely still an elite offensive producer as well, paced for 22 goals and 72 points. First in shots per 60, second in individual scoring chances, four per 60, fifth in Corsi, four per 60, even on Nashville. That's yeah, just really impressive stuff. Um, and a tribute to how good Yossi truly is. Definitely a top three, if not better, defenseman in the league, in my opinion. Uh, so that leaves me with a little bit more of a difficult decision than I had hoped to make here to go mm -hmm. to pair with my Matthew Tichuk pick out of the eight slot. Um, with Tichuk being a right winger, I do think I can go ahead and take Alex Ovechkin at this point. Ovechkin, I, like, where do you see this coming yeah. to an end, right? Like, there's no reason to think that he can't continue to do what he's done so far. So for me, it's Alex Ovechkin here in the second round feels like good value. I feel like it's going to happen at some point though. You know what I mean? Like, and I feel like it's going to be sharp. Like this guy's a legend. He's incredible, but can he keep up a 40 goal pace? Like every year? I just, I don't know. Obviously his hits and his shots are still great, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Ovechkin's not a guy. Like it just makes me nervous. And he kills me every year. You know what I mean? Because he just yeah. keeps doing what he's doing. So it makes sense. Right. And then you got a nice, uh, yeah. Matt Kachuk is your first pick. You're loving that. Um, okay. Uh, with Rantanen, I think, I, I want to take Pedersen, but I, just, I, you know, I, I watched him this year. He was amazing. I watched him and I still am feeling like, I don't know. Like the Canucks are just such a dumpster fire at times. Like it doesn't feel good. I think what I'd rather do is go with someone I feel uh, confident about. And that's, I'm, I'm going to take uh, Mitch Marner to go with Miko Rantanen. He'll be my center. Rantanen will be my center. Marner will be my right wing. Um, you know, I, I love what they do. It's just a one-two punch. There are their their top six there in in Leafland. I mean, Marner is is 
an elite offensive player. Again, I'm, I'm targeting power play points. Um, and I, you know, I predicted Matthews to have a bigger season. So I think if he has a bigger season, Marner probably has a little bit of better season as well. And he had a great season to begin with. So I'm taking Marner there. Book it. All right. Yeah. I feel a little bit ambivalent about this pick. The tier really widens out for me at this point. There's a number of players that I'd be willing to take here. Um, I think, honestly, I think I'm going to go, I probably don't have to make this point at this, make this pick at this point in time, but I'm going to go with Alexander Barkov here to pair with David Pasternak out of the sixth slot. Uh, Barkov, everything in his profile screams regression for me. And he honestly didn't have that bad of a season. If you care to look at it, 28 goal pace, 94 point pace. Uh, you know that he's going to get tons of time on ice. Played injured uh, for significant portions of the season. I'm not sure exactly how much that affected him, but I think it it's fair to say, just looking at the numbers, an 11.1% shooting percentage. This is a guy who shot 18% in a season before. Um, yeah, just all of his luck metrics point to him having a big-time rebound, and a rebound from 94 points um, feels like he could yeah. get into the 100-point territory pretty easily next year, especially with Tichuk. Uh, who I believe in, obviously, having taken him in the first round on a different team. So give me Barkov here at the 207. Okay. Uh, yeah, starting to get starting to get a little stinky. I think at this point, I got, I, I have to take uh, Elias Pettersson. Um, you know, I... It, it's it seems it still seems a bit early to me, but just because I I don't know he does it he does it kind of quietly too you know what I mean so um, but he gets the dual eligibility honestly if he stays healthy like he he did hit another gear this year there's no question about that um, you know he was very noticeable out there and the Canucks are not rebuilding they're retooling so he's going to have a lot of the same guys around him right he's going to have Quinn Hughes he's going to have uh, J T Miller so. You know, that, that's that's nice. That's not going to change. And that power play works, you know, whether it's Besser or he's going to have big koozie. So, yeah, I, I like Pedersen just to still kill it on the power play. I think he's, you know, got a got an 85, 90 point floor. It's a little early to me, but I don't know. We've seen what his ceiling is as well. So I'm taking Petey. Yep. Pedersen was actually the next player that I had ranked. I do agree that it feels a little bit early still to take him here. A little bit of that is probably due to the 14.1% on ice shooting percentage, which is the highest of anyone we've taken so far, not named Dreisaitl or McDavid. So there is a little bit of that factor, which probably... Redlining its way into our subconscious a little bit when talking about Pedersen here. But, you know, at the... What are we at? The 208 here... Uh, pair him with Kucherov. I think that's a fine pick here in the second round. We will move on to the next one here. I'm going to go... I took Dreisaitl at the four spot in uh, in the first round here. So I'll pair him here with Mika Zibanejad. I think Zibanejad's in a really solid spot to just continue what he's been doing. Um, it's kind of some interesting numbers in his profile where he's had some up years and some down years in terms of some of the luck metrics. So it's a little bit hard to really suss out what his uh, kind of baseline should be. But a Mm -hmm. 39 goal, 91 point season this year, 20 minutes average time on ice really feels like Zibanejad has kind of settled into this spot and he's at least going to be consistent for me, if not spectacular, I feel like. So in the second round, I'm still looking for that floor and I feel like Zibanejad is just about as safe as anybody here. I love it. Um, I think, okay, so Austin Matthews is my guy. I think I got to stack it up. I think I'd be looking to do this in real life too. I'm going to take William Nylander here. Um, 
yeah, just for the Toronto stack. Uh, Nylander, I think, hit another gear this year as well. I mean, he was he became featured at, at one point, you know, when Matthews was having injury problems. And, you know, 87 points in 82 games. I love that. Um, and his ice time still, you know, uh, mid-18s. So maybe there's room for that. He's always kind of been the, the second line kind of guy or, you know, with the first line power play. So I'd, I'd like to see a little bit more time there. But, you know, he's upping his shots. Um, his power play is always going to be solid. And I think, yeah, I like, I like the stack there with Matthews for sure. Yep. Solid pick there. 15th in shots per 60, 12th in scoring individual scoring chances, four per 63rd in on ice scoring chances, four per 60 in the whole league this year for Nylander. I don't think he has the time on ice ceiling that some of the other players here have, but he's right. clearly been able to, um, get past that 87 points, 40 goals on the season this year. Nothing wrong with taking a player like that in the back end of the second round. To pair with Nathan McKinnon here for myself, I'm going to go to Timo Meyer here. Um, I feel pretty confident about this pick, but it is it is giving me some pause seeing him yep. struggle a little bit to fit in with the Devils and to think about his next landing spot, wherever that's going to be. I don't think that's going to be the Devils, so it's pretty right. wide open um, wherever he goes next year. And whether that's going to be the role that he had in San Jose, which was 20-plus minutes a night, leaned on for absolutely everything, or if it's going to be a little bit more of uh, just a better team that doesn't need him to be out there 20-plus minutes a night. And you know what that means, obviously, for his fantasy output. I do think at this point in the late second, this is a guy... Uh, who absolutely blows up the individual numbers, fifth in shots per 60, fourth in individual scoring chances, four per 60. I feel like at this point, at the 211, you just have to take Meyer and hope that the rest works itself out. Yeah, totally agree. A little bit risky-bisky, but, I mean, the, the ceiling, if he gets into a situation where, you know, he can thrive, like, yeah, we're looking at a, you know, he could be potential first-round value or late first-round value, right? So, um, I love Timo Meyer. actually. I had him in a lot of leagues this year, and he did, I liked him better with San Jose, obviously, um, you know, where he was getting the deployment, but... Um, anyways, great pick. Uh, with, so this is the first overall guy. Uh, Connor McDavid is my first pick. And I'd, I'd love to stack with RNH, but I just don't think he's – I don't think he can repeat that season that he had this last year. So I think – I think I'm going to go JT Miller. Um, I like that pick. I feel good about that pick. And with uh, the coaching change in Vancouver, I think that's exactly what JT Miller needs. He needs a guy that's a bigger dingus than him. Giggity. All right. <laughs> uh, and, you know, talk, it's not taking any crap from this, from this guy. Right. And uh, um, I think he can really kind of um, harness Miller's, you know, energy. And, and he did when he was here and Miller was a much more engaged player. Uh, and he brings the perifs as well. So him with Connor McDavid, I love that. Um, and I think for my next pick, I got to take a D. I'd be looking at taking a defenseman here. So to me, I, my favorite defenseman at this point is, oh, God, actually, I just didn't even plan this ahead. I'm going to take Dougie Hamilton there. Um, you know, I love the shots that uh, Hamilton brings. And I'm, ju I'm just big on the Devils. Uh, obviously, they had a great year, but um, I think they could have done even better. You know, if they if they could convert uh, a lot of their chances, like they're just generating a ton of offense. Um, Hamilton's killing it on the power play now. Twenty eight power play points, three point four shots per game. You know, he's getting on just under twenty two minutes a night for a defenseman. It's great. Yeah, I think he's good as long as he stays healthy. I'm loving me some some Dougie. Yeah, I am 
totally okay with both those picks, both in the tier here for me. So it's a little bit of splitting hairs. I might prefer another player over some of these guys, but um, oh. I'm really not going to fault you for either of those picks here. Well, thank both you. Definitely thank you. Definitely within the range of of player that I'd be looking to take here. Uh, I do think the D is a particularly interesting point. Maybe we'll touch on that once we complete the Absolutely. draft here yeah. for a second, because I do think that's going to be a little bit of an interesting inflection point in drafts next year, because I do think there's a drop-off at a certain point that'll be interesting to talk about. For this pick here, uh, for the second overall team, which has Nathan McKinnon and Timo Meyer, I think I probably would actually go back to D here some of the top players you're looking at in terms of the fantasy points per game last year, Braden Point and Sidney Crosby, um, both center only. I don't really want to stack that up with Nathan McKinnon as a center only just mm-hmm. yet. So uh, rather than go to somebody with some dual eligibility or a winger, I think I'm going to go look at D. I think I am going to take Eric Carlson, just the season he put up this year. Um, definitely was redlining in terms of all of the all of the major luck metrics that I talk about, IPP and yep. uh, shooting percentage and just everything, uh, basically. But at the same time, I do think Carlson has actually kind of made some interesting changes to his game over the last little bit that haven't really been talked about. And I think he actually is a higher percentage player than he ever has been um, before in his entire career, including when he was with the Senators and putting up all those terrific seasons. Uh, Specifically, what I'm talking about, um, I mean, obviously, this year he goes and skates over 25 and a half minutes per night. Uh, Hadn't done that before in the previous seasons, probably due to health. But I do think that I mean, as long as he's in San Jose, he's the guy, the only guy, and he's going to get similar deployment, maybe, you know, 25 instead of 25 and a half, but it's going to be right around there. Don't have any qualms about that. The interesting thing that I'm alluding to about his profile is that over the last two years, his individual scoring chances for per 60 has really jumped up uh, 5.37 last year and then 5.77 this I guess this is last year now. So 5.37 in 21, 22, and 5.77 in 22, 23. And that's above anything going all the way back to 2012, 2013 for him. Um, So like 10 years ago, basically. So something has obviously changed about his game. That individual scoring chances four per 60 rank is fourth amongst all defensemen. And obviously not many of them are playing the kind of minutes that uh, Carlson is. So I do think that something has fundamentally changed about his game there, that he's made an adjustment to take more dangerous shots basically and the number of shots hasn't really changed for him from previous seasons uh, at least on a per 60 basis so I think all of that is pretty interesting and then what really seals it for me with Carlson to make me think that you know it's not probably 100 points next year but maybe it's still like 90 or um, 85 at least um, is that and the on-ice stats are just tremendous, especially considering that he was on the Sharks. 11th in Corsi, 4 per 60, and 3rd in scoring chances, 4 per 60. Those are just incredible numbers to put up on such a terrible team. Yeah. He really, yeah. truly carried that team. Like Honestly, I think he should um, <laughs> have been a Hart Trophy candidate um, and potentially won the thing because it's truly incredible what he did this past season. Obviously, redlined to get over 100 points on the season, but I really think uh, Carlson is just as likely as anybody to go point per game or better from the defenseman position next year. No, I love it. Um, it's it's great to hear all those stats kind of put in that package, right? Because I, 
yeah, I, I find it, it's going to be difficult to, for me to believe that he can repeat what he did this year, but he, he was so consistent this year. It was insane. Like mm-hmm. just, I mean, he played the full season for once. That's great. This is his first full season that he's ever played in San Jose. He played like 50, you know, 50 to 55 games for four straight seasons or three or whatever it was. It's crazy. So, yeah, he just went off. And I love, you know, Brent Burns getting out of there, just open up the runway. And this guy just just went off. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, I like to hear you say 90. That's interesting. Because, um, yeah, I was thinking like, you know, 70. But, uh, yeah, I mean, with that package you're kind of describing there of stats, I like that. Um, cool. Let's carry on. Uh, this team, I've got Austin Matthews, William Nylander. So I'd probably be looking at a D. So uh, Matthews is center Nylander's um, right wing, left wing. I don't know. I don't know if I want to go D here. I might want to just keep loading up on guys that I like. And uh, the two top um, fantasy points per games are Braden Point and Crosby. But I've got Austin Matthews, so I don't really want to get another center in there. Um, I think I want some flexibility. And um, a guy I really like this season is Zach Hyman. I think I'm going to go with my boy, Zed. Zed's dead, baby. Um, yeah, I, I just... <laughs> The Oilers are are on one right now. They're they're like all season. Their power play was going off. Um, you know, this guy was a part of it. He's part of that group. You know, of power play one, fifteen power play goals, twenty six power play points. Kind of low for what what they what they actually did. But you know, he was to- oh, just over twenty minutes on ice, eighty three point season. Um, I, I just think it's a really solid pick. It's a safe pick to me, um, you know, to go with Austin Matthews and William Nylander, and it gives me a little bit of flexibility too. So I like that. Book it. Yeah, I'm okay with Hyman there. Um, I still have some guys I'd prefer over him. Sixth in individual scoring chances for per 60 mm-hmm. on the year, which is obviously really impressive, especially given the 20 minutes per night. Just a 50% IPP, so there's definitely uh, lots of goals being scored that he didn't get in on, but also a 14.8% on-ice shooting percentage, which is probably unlikely to repeat next year even on a team like Edmonton so a little bit of give and take there I do think that his most likely scenario is he ends up probably somewhere in the same range again next year which you'd probably be happy with at this point absolutely safe so for this team here I've got Dreisaitl I've got Zibanejad um, again, with Sabanjad there as the C only, you're wondering, do I take another C only? Uh, at this point, you're getting to the 304. I think I'm just going to bite the bullet and take the guy, take the man himself in Sidney Crosby. You got to do it. List. Uh, he's just so consistent. He's been doing this year over year. It feels like he's just found another new normal in his old man years. And similar to Ovechkin, I just don't see how it's going to change next year. So give me Crosby here at the 304. Love it. Yeah. Um, I think that's even low for him. Honestly, I, you know, he's a perennial second rounder. I think as long as he stays healthy, he'll probably give you, you know, second to third round value, you know, pretty good. So I got to take my man this uh, – well, I'll tell you this team. Sorry. So it's Nikita Kucherov, Elias Pettersson, and I got to take point on this. Braden Point, third round. This makes a lot more sense. Um, this is a guy, you know, uh, this last season here was getting criminally underdrafted. He was uh, His ADP was something silly, like 112. This guy just put up 95 points. What the hell? Um, 51 goals. Yes, please. Um, you know, and, and – everything was was similar right you know he's shooting around the same obviously he wasn't hitting as much but he was cooking on the power play 
Um, yeah, and they're like, if I believe in Kucherov, I believe in point. They're they're going to be one two playing together, and he had a great season. I think he this is probably his ceiling to me, ninety five. But I think 85, 80, 85 for Braden Point is pretty reasonable, and I like that in the third round. And I like the stack. Yeah, the stack with Kucherov totally seals the deal there. Can definitely afford it with the right wing in Kucherov, the center left wing in Pedersen, and now the center in Point. Love that pick for that team. At the 306 here, this is the Pasternak-Barkov team. I'm going to add Steven Stamkos to this team. Uh, Stamkos, I feel like, similar to Crosby now, kind of entering his old man years, but definitely plenty capable of putting up point-per-game plus every single year. So give me Stamkos here, kind of rounds out uh, my top line here of Barkov, Stamkos, Pasternak. Uh, Love to start a team like that. Hell yeah. Hell to the yeah. Um, all right, let me see what's going on here. I think, okay, so this team is Miko Rantanen, Mitch Marner, and I think uh, a lot of the forwards I'm seeing, I'm not I'm not loving it. I don't know. Right wing, there he is. So Rantanen center, right wing, Mitch Marner's right wing. Um, God, do I do it? I don't want to do that. No, I'm going to take a defenseman. I'm going to take Rasmus Dahlin. I think that's the smart pick here. This guy had an amazing season. He's part of something awesome in Buffalo there. And, you know, he passes the high test. And to me, just I, I think what he did this this last season here, I think I, I like him for that next season too, to be honest. I think as long – like, you know, they, they've, they've signed a bunch of their players in Buffalo. They're there long-term. The guys like Cousins, Thompson, you got um, – Darlene there for a little bit. Uh, I, I just like what they're doing there and they play an offensive game and that lends itself really well to fantasy. And he just stepped up this year, big time too with the periffs. Oh my God. 105 hits, 132 blocks. He's getting the biz on the regular 32 power play points. Okay. Now, now I'm sold. This man's a legend. <laughs> yeah. I got no problem with Darlene here. He is in the tier for me. I uh, definitely think that that's fine. I do think that, it's a little bit interesting, and again, we'll get into it. I want to talk about these defenses once we're done here, but he is kind of the least goal-scoring member of this tier of defensemen for me, and obviously that makes uh, a fair bit of difference in these categ- in these uh, points leagues, rather, where you have the goal worth 1.5x the assist. So um, that is one consideration I think about uh, with a guy like Darlene and just the fact that he's not a big-time shooter the way some of these other guys that we've taken are. Right. So for myself at this pick, the 308, this is the Matthew Tuchuk, Alex Ovechkin team. I'm going to go for the stack here with John Carlson. Might as well get old with it and add Carlson to Ovechkin. Um, Carlson, when he was playing, uh, there was no indication that anything had fallen off about his game. If anything, honestly, his... Uh, luck metrics were a little on the low side. So I think Carlson for next year, I don't have any reason why he can't repeat uh, or even exceed the rates that he was on this year. Awesome. Yeah, it makes sense. I, I hope he comes back real strong, real healthy. Um, sometimes, like when you got a squad like that, so Matt Kachuk, great first pick, but then Ovechkin and Carlson is your second picks. Those are the type of teams I look back on. I'm like, I don't like this. You know, this doesn't feel good, but you usually end up all right. You know what I mean? It's you got to stick with the old man. They know what they're doing. All right. Um, Next up here, I've got Jack Hughes is my first pick. Roman Yossi is my second pick. So I'm going to be going back to forward here. And I think I just, I got to take Ryan Nugent Hopkins here. Um, He's center left wing. So is Jack Hughes. Um, Obviously I, I do believe this is an outlier season for Nugent Hopkins, right? We've never seen him do this before. Um, I think he doubled his point total, um, which is crazy. But 
you know, that I, I, I honestly believe it's somewhere in the middle. Um, and, uh, you know, RNH was bolstered by 53 power play points this year. He was third in the league. 53 power play points. That's insane. But I mean, that's the most recent thing he's done. Their power play was, was crazy. Right. Um, you know, 37 goals, 67 assists, 104 point pace. I don't think that's happening again, but I, I do think 75 to 85 points for Nuge with good power play numbers. I think that's reasonable. Ah, yeah. His shooting percentage was insane. He shot higher than he ever did in his career. So maybe the goals go away, but I don't think the assists do. I think he's good for that amount of points. So I'm happy taking the Nuge. We're getting some power play biz. Yeah. Uh, Nugent Hopkins for me, I wouldn't take him here. 195th in shots per 60 and 108th in Corsi four per 60. Um, just a couple of numbers to throw out there. Obviously the 18.4% shooting percentage, 15.9% on ice shooting percentage. That's a full, uh, percentage point higher than McDavid. So somehow Nugent there Hopkins you was a full So we should be drafted even higher is what I'm hearing. Higher right. on Nugent Hopkins? Yeah, there you go. Uh, so for myself there, I'm just portending a ton of negative regression. So I'm probably not touching Nuge until the fourth or fifth round myself. But uh, obviously, that's hard to argue with a guy who just put up a 104-point season in the third round. For myself, though, going to this 10-spot team, Kale McCarr and Brady Tachuk. I honestly think I have to go with John Tavares. John Tavares yeah. this past season... Um, really underrated season he was kind of oddly sheltered in terms of ice time this season i don't know if that's going to continue or if there is some reason for that just over 17 and a half minutes average time on ice but the time on uh, that he was on the ice 12th in shots were 61st in the league in individual scoring chances four per 60 um nothing about his underlying statistics suggests that there's any regression from those numbers so i do view his 37 goal 82 point pace as probably close to the floor uh for him so give me the point per game lock at the 310 love that um awesome all right so this is uh what's this next team here all right let's take a look it is uh kaprasov and timmy stutes this is my dream team right here all right <laughs> 11th pick yeah beautiful all right i'm loving this team already and i think you know, I got to, oh, yeah, I'm not really loving the rest of the players that are that are left, to be honest. But, yeah, there's always those weird spots in drafts, right? Those lulls where it's like you got a bunch of players. You're like, I don't know. Um, but in this case, I think a defenseman makes sense, but I don't think I'm going to do that. I'm going to go for a center. I think I'm going to take Jack Eichel here. Um, and this is an upside play, obviously, because Eichel has not been good since, you know, 2018, right? I mean, he's good. <laughs> we know he's good, right? But... Like, you know, he's pretty, he was point a game this, this year, 81 point pace. Um, his shots are down this year from 3.9 last year to 3.3 this year. His ice time was down. Um, yeah, I, I, I just, I, I think Eichel, you know, he like 67 games. I want to see him play a full season. Right. And then get Mark Stone in here, um, you know, <laughs> healthy. Like he looks good in the playoffs here. So, you know, a full season with Mark Stone and whatever else they do in Vegas. Like I think, Eichel to me should be point per game, you know, 75 to 85 points per season. And I like that here at uh, the 11th pick in the third round. I think it makes sense. All right. So last pick in this mock draft at the 312 here. This is the team with Jason Robertson, Tage Thompson. And I'll just kind of, I guess, because it's the last pick, I'm yep. going to give the guys I'd be considering here Alex Debrinkit, Kyle Connor, Jake Gensel, Brad Marchand. Oh, yeah, I do Connor. think to. Yeah, I do think that like, Debrinkit, 
uh, quite honestly, had probably he's kind of done this. I'm, I'm going to mm -hmm. pull up the yeah. statistics because it's kind of funny, but um, he's kind of done this thing where he has like one really terrible variant season and then a very good one and then a very bad one again. So if you go back and you look at what his seasons have looked like, uh, first season in the league, 15.5% shooting percentage. Next season, 18.6. Season after that, 8.7. Drops a full 10 percentage points in yeah. shooting percentage one year to the next. Then follows that up with a 20.9% shooting percentage, then 15.2. And then this last year, first year in Ottawa, obviously at just 10.3% shooting percentage. So I do think that Dabrinkit, should wind up as a 16-ish percent shooter. Um, that's probably about where I'll project him for next year. Obviously love the situation in yep. Ottawa. Um, so I do think that he's someone that should experience some pretty solid positive regression next year. Also just a 9.7% on ice shooting percentage where I'd expect that to be 11 plus next year. There's a lot of positive regression coming forward to Brinkett, so I do think that he makes a lot of sense here. Same kind of goes for Kyle Connor. I do think he's got some positive regression coming his way as well. And then Jake Gensel, kind of the the old standby, um, never going to be too excited. I've had I had yeah. lots of people this past year talking to me about what do I do with Gensel? He's so terrible. What am I going to do with Gensel? And he winds up with 38 goals, 77 yeah. points. Yeah, you hold season. him and you enjoy the production, the boring ass production. Yeah, come yeah. on. Uh, that's pretty much what you should expect from Gensel. So, um, yeah, between these guys, I guess Dabrinkit to me kind of offers the most upside in my mind. So I'm just kind of going to swing with an upside pick here at the 312 and throw in Alex Dabrinkit. But those are the guys that I was considering there. So we've completed our draft here. Uh, I'll give you a second to think about it, Blake, but I, I think I want to touch on a couple of things. I want to touch on yeah, the sure. defenseman here, and I want to touch on which one of these teams you'd be the most excited to start with. And you can't just say the Connor McDavid team because it's the Connor McDavid team. So I'll give you a chance to <laughs> okay. think about that. For myself, honestly, I really like this 12-spot team. If I could go Robertson say, yeah. and Thompson... Uh, at the 12, at the 1-2 turn, I honestly think that's a dream spot to be in. Uh, I don't have a huge difference. Once I get beyond Pasternak, uh, Kucherov, that kind of range to Chuck, once I get beyond those guys from the back end of the first into the early second, I don't have a huge difference in how I view those players. So, yeah, to nail those two guys back-to-back -back and say I'm going into next year with Jason Robertson, Tage Thompson, uh, to me that's just uh, high upside, low-risk plays. They're both the premier players for their teams, which is exactly what you want that early in a draft. Uh, I'd be pretty excited about that and then cap that team off with the Alex Dabrinkit pick, obviously. So I like that team a whole lot. What about you? Which one of your teams or one of my teams uh, kind of stands out? Yeah, no, I'd have to agree with you. That was the team I was looking at. Like, oh, that'd be sweet, right? Like, because I, I think we we know what they're capable of because we saw it. I'm talking about Nate's team with Robertson and Thompson, but we saw what they're capable of this season. And then they kind of tailed off both of them at the end. But I mean, Thompson was injured, right? And Robertson looked like he just lost a little bit of steam. The team did, right? But yeah, that team is is cooking. And at 12th overall pick, plus you got another pick coming. You can pick up one of these other beauties so yeah i like that team a lot as for one of mine i would say where am i gonna go with this obviously i would say the Connor mcdavid team but not not just because of Connor mcdavid because <laughs> i like miller and dougie hamilton but i won't do that i will say the matthews team i like 
Austin Matthews, William Nylander. Um, I love that stack. And then I'm big on Zach Hyman. I don't know. I think I think he could have a, a, another surprising year, at least recreating what he was able to do this season. And I think there's a little bit of upside that can happen there, maybe if he starts cooking a little bit more on the power play. So I like that team. Obviously, I'm looking at a D-man for my next pick there uh, on that one. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think that's totally fair. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed this draft. I think it's mm-hmm. pretty interesting. I do want to touch on these defensemen, though, because I do honestly think that there's a pretty catastrophic drop-off after uh, these defensemen that we've actually selected here by the time this yeah, third totally. round has ended. Um, if you look at just what's on the board here in terms of fantasy points per game played this past season, you've got Morrissey and Montour. I think both of those guys have obvious questions about uh, whether they can replicate the success they had this year going into next year. And then if you just look at the fantasy points per game, if you look at Carlson at 5.44 and you expect Morrissey and Montour to take a step back, then you get down to Petrangelo, Heiskanen, Chikrin, Sergeyev. Those guys are all around the 5.0 mark. So, that's a pretty substantial drop in points per game uh, in this format. So I think there's a pretty clear tier break there. And I just wouldn't want to be taking the first defenseman in that next tier. Uh, you know what I yep, mean? Totally. I probably wouldn't take any defenseman in the fourth uh, in this setup. And I'd wait for whichever one of those guys kind of fell around to the fifth. Um, obviously, I might not have my tiers set up exactly the way they finished last year, but uh, the point still applies where there's none of these guys that I'd be dying to have in the fourth round. I'd probably just wait till the fifth and see what happens, uh, see who comes back to me, because I feel like you'll get pretty comparable production uh, with a guy in the fifth as you would to a guy in the fourth. Uh, any thoughts about this group? Would you have this group as the top tier? Obviously, we kind of drafted this together, so we did feel somewhat similarly, but uh, does that make sense to you? Yeah, totally. Such a, it's a way different top tier than, than it was last season. You know what I mean? Like um, guys like, you know, Hedman being as far down as he is and we yeah. know why. Right. But Ekblad, he was being drafted way up there. Um, Adam Fox, you know, uh, actually Adam Fox, I know he's, he's down there on uh, fantasy points per game. I would, pu- I would bump him a little higher. Um, obviously this was his production last season and that makes sense, but I think that he's going to rebound there. So I would kind of, I would honestly like him better than Morrissey or Montour or Petrangelo. Um, yeah. In- interesting stuff though. Uh, yeah. Like what we knew last year, not the same as this year. Right. Um, I do like Heiskanen. Uh, Heiskanen was, a, I, I called as a dark horse for the Norris this year um, at the beginning of the year. And, and he may, he might be, you know, like he, he just played unreal this season uh, and really picked up his point pace uh, towards the second half of the season. But yeah, you're right. I, I like that strategy. Like, just leave these guys that that's kind of what you could do last season too. Right. You could sort of, mm-hmm. there's a bunch of defensemen available, like round five, six, seven, even, you know, guys like Eric Carlson, where was he getting drafted last year? Right. Um, yep. You know, Montour Morrissey, these guys are in the hundreds, like 120s. So yep. yeah, I'm interested to see what that's going to look like this upcoming season, who we're going to, who we're going to get there. Cause it was a weird year this year. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely was. I think, yeah, I'd be comfortable with both Kiel Makar and Roman Yossi in the back end of the first. And then uh, I would kind of view Carlson, Darlene, Hamilton, uh, John Carlson as kind of the second tier there. Yep. Um, I would kind of split them up that way. And similar to how I'm talking about this next group of defensemen, I think I would just probably between Carlson, Darlene, Hamilton, and Carlson, 
I would probably just wait and take whichever yep. one came last. Uh, obviously, it depends if you can do that, if you're more in the middle of the of the draft, if you're in the six or seven spot or even the five or eight, then you can kind of wait to see what comes back around the next round. If you're more on the ends, you may have to kind of call your shot uh, a little bit more. But that's how I'd be looking to play the defenseman. I'm pretty sure that's how my projections are going to come out unless there's some big surprises in there. Um, but yeah, I think it's an interesting discussion, probably the most interesting discussion that kind of came to me as we're getting through here. The other thing I guess I would say is I do think there's also a bit of a tear break. Once you get past maybe like Barkov is the last guy that I'm like truly excited to draft in the middle yep. of the second round. And then there's a bit of a tear break to guys who I'm like, okay, I see the potential upside here, but also the floor is a little bit lower uh, in my mind. Because with Barkov, as I talked about, the floor there is the 94 points pace season he just put up, and the ceiling is obviously 100 point plus. So um, do you feel that the same way, or would you have that tier break a little bit different? Yeah, it. The, the, the thing about you is you kind of like plan it out and see where it is. For me, I feel it during the draft. I'm like, oh. Mm. God, what, yeah. oh no, like what's happening, right? But yes, absolutely. Um, there just bec- there just comes a time where you're like, ooh, I don't like any of these players at this position. This doesn't make sense, right? Um, so yeah, I mean, all those guys I'm looking at down there, um, I like the Debrinket pick a lot. I think that, you know, he is due for a bounce back. Panarin as well, I mean, he can do more. It's just, yeah, but again, like their floor, like you said, their, their floor is lower and you're not as stoked about it. So um yeah, no, I agree with what you said there for sure. It's it's going to be an interesting draft, I think. I, I, I love draft season. It's just my, my favorite time in trying to sort of predict what goes on. And then once they once they put out the ADPs on Yahoo and ESPN, it's like, yeah, just finding that value and just crushing it. You know what I mean? And just hammering it. Yeah. Yeah, and I alluded to it last week. I do think this season has been kind of weird. Uh, I think there's been a fair number of pretty extreme outliers like Nugent Hopkins, like Braden Point shooting 21.7%. There's just been, it seems like, in terms of the percentages, the efficiencies in particular, there's just been a lot of players kind of either redlining or like falling completely off the map, um, even more than... um, in previous seasons, in my opinion. Uh, obviously, I haven't done the math on that yet or anything to kind of feel if that's actually true. Um, I guess I could actually do some pretty interesting statistical analysis. You can really and you to. will. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's just my general feeling is that a lot of the players, at least that we talk about a lot for fantasy, had very um, high variance seasons. So that's going to potentially and most likely lead to a lot of ADP variance uh, from yep. what smart players like ourselves and like our listeners are probably going to be after. So I do think that next year is going to be a really good spot for people to absolutely crush their drafts. And so I hope that this mock draft, this way too early look (laughs) at what your drafts might look like going into next year. I hope this was helpful for everyone. That is all we've got for this episode. Hopefully it did bring you some value, helped you get a little bit better at fantasy hockey today. All the advanced stats you heard today came from Natural Statric, which is a terrific free resource. Many thanks to the band there there for supplying the music for the podcast. Be sure to check out their Spotify as well. And that's it, folks. Much love. A rational explanation is hardly necessary. <laughs>